This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Yes, episode 40. 40 of these fucking things. Can you believe it? I can't. Flying by, having too much fun. Just having too much fun talking to you guys. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. This is episode 40, as I said earlier. I'm excited to talk to you. I'm excited. Uh, good UFC weekend. Good weekend for my wallet. Um, I hit some unders. I can't take. I can't stop taking a smile off my face. Sue me, okay? I'm happy that I won. I was all over. We'll get all into it. First and foremost, not foremost, but firstly, I want to. Tell you, I want to get a little personal. I want to tell you a little personal story. No, I got to get into this because this pertains to the podcast. I am driving my fucking wife nuts about it. I'm driving my friends, the ones who will listen to me now, nuts about it. I'm a, I'm, I'm a full-on crazy person. I, I never really thought I had OCD, but I definitely do. There, there's definitely a part of my brain that's broken. So long story long, uh, Saturday night, I was going to do a podcast with Steve for the main event we did uh the reaction podcast with the connor khabib got great numbers thank you for everyone that listened it was it was a meadow uh, amazing the feedback was great did really really good numbers you know um and and, and we're growing and we're getting bigger and i said listen that's 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 a really cool thing i think that's cool to do i mean i know rogan does it. i'm not reinventing the wheel but I, th- I was like, you know what, Steve, my buddy Steve had he was on he was on the the Khabib and Connor one, just coming off back surgery, he was taking some happy pills. Who knows what he would have said? So um, the last time I did, I brought my laptop, I brought my mixer, I brought microphones. It was it was a whole thing. I've been putting off getting a digital recorder. Now I know this might sound boring to everybody, but if you have a podcast, you go to you go to a YouTube tutorial. The first thing they tell you to get, but even before they tell you to get a fucking microphone, they tell you to get this digital recorder. I've been putting it off. I'm like, you know what? I don't need it. It's pretty expensive. It's like 400 bucks. I don't need it. You know what? I'm going to go with my mixer. I'm going to go with my laptop. You know, whatever. I'll just, <clears throat> when I travel, I'll travel with it. However, I get an email saying that, you know, Guitar Center is uh, um, having, I have a credit card for there, thus getting stuff for the podcast. And they said, listen, we'll give you 48 months free financing if you spend over $500. Four, I get four fucking years of no interest for 500 bucks. That's insane. So I'm like, okay, you know what? This is the time to buy it. I'm going to bring this little tiny itty bitty recorder over. I can record up to four people, record on SD card, bada bing, bada boom. So Saturday, I ordered online. I was like, I don't feel like dealing with these fucking hippies. I've been there before. Uh, this guy is like, hey, man, you, you listen to records, man. You know, this guy's like in his late 50s, hasn't given up on his dream, which, um, more, you know, thank you for, for sticking to it. Hopefully you make it one day. However, you're a you know, 60-year-old man, whatever, and you have a receding hairline and you have hair down your ass. You know, it looks like your hair's full of cobwebs. Maybe it's time to cut the hair, buddy. I don't know. You know, very nice guy. I don't want to disparage him. I'm disparaging the company. So I order online. Of course, they don't send me a fucking email that it's ready. You know, I'm spending 500 bucks at this joint. So I go and they, they go and get it for me. There's a this guy, the older guy, I guess he's like the king of them, you know, and all these other like fucking guys come around. They start talking to me like, oh, yeah, this is good for this. And this is this this chord's really good for when you're on stage. And I'm like, buddy, I'm not going to be on stage. Just a podcast guy, you know, just some, you know, I'm not a rocker. You know, I don't sing. I don't play guitar and uh, go fuck yourself. So he bags everything up. I got to get to Steve's to watch the fights. I'm giddy to watch the fights. I'm exciting. I'm brimming with excitement to watch these fights. 
I got to get over there. I just dropped the baby off at the wife. The wife works right next to the guitar center. So I, I hustle over there. I put everything in my backpack after I bought it. I hustle over there. I get some pizza, you know, hanging out with my bro, eating some za. And then I, I was like, you know what? Hey, I got some new equipment. You know, I want to do, I want to do a podcast. I don't know if you heard that. That was my daughter that just shouted through the door. Um, you know, I don't have soundproof. I don't have a professional student. You're going to hear her yapping throughout this. Not to get backtracked. So I go over there, I open it up. It's the wrong fucking thing. It's something I can't even use, right? It's the same brand, but it's not what I want. <sighs> so ruined. I can't record the podcast. I can't record Steve. It's like nine o'clock at this point. My, my night is shot. You know, my brain, the OCD brain, part of my brain is like, I'm ready to throw up. I'm so upset this happened. I must have it myself that I let it happen. I should have caught it. Drive all the way back up there the next day. They don't have them in stock. Big fucking surprise. I called the other store. They don't have them in stock. I live in Cincinnati. I was going to drive to fucking Dayton and they didn't have them in stock. You know, they had these on display models. I don't want, I'm not spending $400 for something that's fucking used. So I'm like, you know what? I've already paid for it. The guy's like, listen, one's coming in on Wednesday. Okay, whatever. And then so Monday I go, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to overnight it because I know a shipping company is going to get it to me before these bozos do. So I overnight it, have some problem with the shipping because they're bozos. They source it from the local store. So they send me a, a display model. I got it today. I open it up. It's all banged up. It's has this weird cord that shouldn't be in there. Um, it didn't come with batteries. It didn't come. And I'm like, what the fuck? So then I had to drive in rush hour to go drop this off. And these guys were dumbfounded that they someone set this out like this. I call Guitar Center hotline or whatever from the website, the, the warehouse, whatever it is in Texas. This guy's fucking, he doesn't give a shit. He did, oh, you got to go back to the store. It is uh, unbelievable. They had one. They're like, listen, we just got one on the truck. So we'll swap you out. I'm like, okay, great. So they give me this one. I feel like this one's used. I don't feel like I can get a fucking brand new one. I'm spending $400. I want a brand new one. Don't give me any of this used shit, right? So technically I have it. I mean, it, it's fine. It, it, it's going to work. Some people will be like, okay, yeah, it works, whatever. But, but, you know, the way my crazy brain works is this, this has been distracting me all fucking day. I couldn't do the podcast until I got this sorted out. I was ready to kill somebody. Ready to kill somebody. So now, Mr. Long Hair, Cobweb Hair, never called me back. He was supposed to call me today saying they got one in. Never did. Uh, I doubt he's going to call me tomorrow. I bought some other shit, too. I'm going to go fucking drop it right at his feet and be like, give me my money back. It's just, it's just a fucking nightmare. So listen, for all the kids out there, for people who are listening to this, like, hey, this schmuck has a podcast. How do I start a podcast? It's easy. You got to get equipment. <clears throat> and to go and get equipment, do not go to a guitar center. I have a credit card there. I'm going to pay this fucking thing off in the next two months and I'm done, right? I've ordered my mixer, which I'm recording into right now from a company because, of course, Guitar Center didn't have this style, this brand. I ordered from a company called Sweetwater. I've talked to them about it on the, uh, on the uh, podcast before. They're an online distributor. They do have a warehouse or a store or whatever in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So if you're in Fort Wayne, Indiana, check them out. Not sponsored, nothing. Just great guys, great service. Can't thank them enough. All right, personal rant over. Now back to why you're listening, okay? Fuck Guitar Center and fuck Snoop Dogg. It's always fuck Snoop Dogg. Now it's fuck Guitar Center too. USU 230 recap. A uh, pretty good card. I tell you, I'm I'm excited. I'm booming with confidence. I'm brimming with confidence. 120 bucks from my buddy Steve, who's got a broken back. I felt a little guilty taking from him because he was in so much pain, but you know what? No, no, I don't. No, I don't. No, 
I don't. All right, so some of the fights got canceled. Uh, it, it, obviously, you know, Brian Kellenher versus Montiel Jackson, which I was actually looking forward to. Wasn't really going to gamble it because I thought it was too close. They got canceled, and then you got um, – um, oh, no, sorry. That was a cancellation, and then Matt Favola versus Lando Venata was a draw. So – I went seven to four on the night in total. Take those two out. Obviously, you can't you can't uh, count count that. I told you on the podcast, do not fucking bet Lando. That guy is the worst. But overall, pretty good card. It started off with a stinker. The heavyweight fight I got wrong. Uh, Delima just you know whatever. Shane Burgos looked great. Got clipped. Got dropped. I had a heart attack. I was I started a, uh, I did a little new technique instead of doing some parlays and and betting big on one fight and kind of kind of waiting for that one fight to happen. I started chipping away. Right. Shane Burgos was like a minus six hundred favorite. I'm not going to put 600 bucks on to win 100. That's crazy. I'm going to start putting little bets. I'm going to chip away at them. And it really worked because in my, when my unders hit, you know, you got, you got a nice little bankroll. So uh, Shane Burgos looked great. He got clipped, got dropped. Huge, huge armbar win over uh, Kurt Herlebaugh. Uh Matt Favola versus Lando Venata. Of course, it was an absolute war. I don't think fucking Lando Venata could be in anything else. He's an action-packed guy. Looked good. This was his first camp without Six-Gun Gibson. I believe he was strictly training at Cowboy Cerny's Rancher, new striker, new striking coach, new strength and conditioning. And he looked good. He looked big. You know, I, I think... Um, I think this was kind of like maybe like an intro of what what Lando's going to be. Um, I always thought he, he might have been a little too lean, a little, maybe too little small for that division. Tony Ferguson made him look tiny. Um, so, it, you know, I think uh, the size is going to be important for Lando to add in. And he, and he looked great. Uh, you know, he's just a tough style. He doesn't have the biggest power in the world. He dropped Favola a bunch of times. Favola battled back. It was a really, really close fight. I, I have no problem with the draw. Um, if I'm leaning towards anything, I'd probably lean towards Lando. I thought if, if I had a gun in my head, I'm giving the decision. I'm giving it to Lando. I know Favola felt like he was screwed. They didn't get fired tonight, which I thought they should have got fired tonight. Um, that's a shame. They should have got fired tonight. Because both guys probably aren't making a ton of money. Lyman, good. I knew he was gonna he was gonna crush. He Ben Saunders got just obliterated in the clinch. Poor Ben Saunders. Julio Arce. I predicted his downfall. I did not bet this fight. Shaman Rice has burned me in the past. I'm going to bet in form against him. Whatever. Julio Arce. Um, kind of a real you know a, a guy that a lot of people thought was like the next big fucking coming of whatever. Um, unfortunately, you know I think he's a little limited. And, and Shaman uh, Shaman uh, exposed them. So yeah. So Jar Eubanks won. Uh, I was surprised that she didn't uh, confront Joe Rogan. Uh, kind of a lackluster fight for me. Jordan Rinaldi, right? Plus two seventy five. I think I got him at maybe maybe two fifty five over Jason Knight. Jason Knight was a three to one favorite in that. I was all over Rinaldi from the get go. That's what I took twenty bucks off Steve. Steve's a really good handicapper himself. Bets a ton. Knows knows the game. Knows knows betting. Not even didn't even think about Rinaldi. You can't base it on Rinaldi who lost to Gregory Lepsey, right? Gregory Lepsey is probably the next champ at one at one fifty five. Rinaldi jumped down to one forty five, which scared me because he's a big boy. Jason Knight coming off three losses. That Mississippi mean was hungry. You know he was fucking hungry. And Jordan Rinaldi's went in there with superior grappler, um, controlled the pace. Didn't could have finished maybe one or two times. I was I think he was maybe just happy to kind of get the back and, and get position. I don't think he um, really fought for the submission as much as I thought he would have. Not say, taking anything away from Jason Knight. Jason Knight is a you know he's he's a tough out with anybody. But um, Rinaldi looked good, man. He won me. He 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 bankrolled me big time in the beginning of the night. Chipping away, chipping away, and then you hit a big one like that. It is 
gorgeous. And I guess we gotta we gotta talk about it. Boo. Yep. Boo. Yep. Boo. yep. Yep. I bet against my guy Israel Asanya. I, I I was all over Brunson. I thought Brunson was I thought the line on Brunson was crazy. I thought, how is Israel this big of a favorite? Three UFC fights in. I was like, Brunson's a wild man. He's I mean, technically he lost Anderson Silva, but he I mean he gave Anderson Silva a fight. I'm just shocked and and crazy. I I I, I should have you know. Listen, I, I have no excuses. I got booed. I got booed, and for good reason. Israel Sanya was my guy right before he came to the UFC. I saw some of his kickboxing fights. I love. I knew his story. He turned down the UFC. Joe Silva wanted this guy forever. He turned him down and said, "Listen, I need to do more MMA. I need to work on my game a little more." Now he's four and zero in the UFC. Um, uh, you know, two finishes, two uh, decisions. He looked great against Brunson. He was patient. Uh, Brunson didn't get him down. Brunson looked nervous. People predicted that. Brunson was going to come out a little emotional. I think once he couldn't get Adesanya down, I think he struggled. I think he I think he mentally broke. I think he said, oh, shit. I can't, he kept calling him skinny to lead up to this fight. I can't get skinny down. And then Adesanya, first, uh, towards the end of the first round, landed a beautiful knee dead in the forehead. Boop. Right in the fucking forehead, and then and just patiently put him away. Uh, I, I, I'm so sorry, Israel Adesanya. I'm trying to get him on the podcast. I think he'd be an, a fantastic guest. Um, I will never tell him I bet it against him. He's one of my guys. I have some shirts in the works, not just Israel's shirt, but like my guy's shirts, and he he's definitely going to be a part of that. Um, I deserve to lose that. You know, I deserve to lose. I deserve to lose that. Okay, there. I said it. All right, you see. Next up, you got uh, Carl Roberson versus Jack Marshman. Roberson looked great. Hands looked fantastic. Big, big hitter. Marshman took some shots. This was a smart move by UFC to put this guy on here. Light heavyweight guys. Uh, oh, excuse me. Middleweight guys. Not a lot of people know who Roberson is. This was kind of a coming out party. I wish he would have got the knockout over Marshman. Marshman's got a fucking cement block head. What are you going to do? David Branch, the biggest surprise of the night, David Branch. David Branch um, is a guy who has a really impressive record, has like three or four belts outside the UFC. The guy doesn't lose outside the UFC. Had an early stint in the UFC, you know, maybe like five, six years ago. Couldn't really get it together. Couldn't get a win streak. Cut him. He came back. His only loss in the UFC currently was the Luke Rockhold, even though he was winning that fight. And Jared Cannonier coming down to middleweight, used to fight a heavyweight, coming down to middleweight, looking like a fucking Greek god just chiseled out of marble. This guy's body was insane, right? The kids say on fleek. Is that still right? Is, uh, no, they don't say that. Okay, this kid, this guy was ripped, right? He went to went to Arizona, left Alaska, left fucking uh, Washington, moved to Arizona, trained with Ben Henderson and John Crouch and that squad. And he looked fantastic. Dave Branch. Listen, Dave Branch was to fight Jacare. I don't know. I think once he got Cannoneer two weeks out, he goes, ah, give me the cannolis. Oh, forget about it. You know, Cannoneer deserved that win. He's a huge underdog. I never saw that coming. I really didn't. I maybe even said Dave Branch was my lock of night. I can't really remember. Probably not. However, Jared Cannoneer looked fantastic. I'm excited to see him at 185. He looked fucking Great. His hands, by the way. What the fuck is with his hands? They're giants. What's, I mean, that literally, the only gloves that fit the guy is like fucking a catcher's mitt. I don't understand his hands. They're huge. Huge. 
All right, and then the co-main event, Chris Weidman versus Jacare. Amazing fight, one fight of the night. I love Chris Weidman. I bet against Chris Weidman. I would have bet Chris Weidman if he was the underdog. Jacare was the underdog. Um, Weidman had you know, first very close first round. I think Weidman controlled more of the second round. And then in Jacare's fights, he fades right. He you know he's never been known for you know cardio king. And fucking, he came on. His corner said, I don't want you taking a back step. He listened. He's got a new corner. I know he's in Orlando now, not down in Brazil. Um, and he fucking, he did not take a back step and put the pressure on Chris. And it was a really weird punch. You know, Chris has got a beard on him. Chris has got a chin. He took one like dead in the forehead, like right in the forehead. And um, that put him out. Put him right in his butt. He tried to recover. He couldn't. Kind of an awkward knockout. I, I would I would maybe not rush back if I was Chris Wyman. I was kind of scared for me for even me to watch. Um, it, it was an awkward knockout for sure. But I won the under on Jacare. You bet the number, not the fighter. I've said it a million times. So I have a good night. And then obviously the main event. It was a little forgettable with DC versus Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis didn't put much of a fight. I figured it'd be over within two. Uh, DC's not going to play around the feet. DC gave Derek Lewis all the props in the world. Uh, with the um, oh, a little loud there. <laughs> Sorry, I'm messing with my thing. Uh, I'm a child. I have a attention span of a of a child. My my daughter pays more attention than I do. Um, but yeah, I mean DC is good at DC. You know, he I thought he made most of his of his uh, of his post fight interview and you know, kind of called out Brock a little bit. Has said, listen, I if Brock's not fighting, I'll fight Jones. Like he wants Jones doesn't want to fight him. You know. Um, yeah, so overall, pretty good card. Pretty nice little pay-per-view here. Um, could have been better, you know, uh, sure, for a New York card. For a New York card, it was a little, for a New York card, it was a little weak, if I want to be honest with you. So let's get into some news. So obviously, over the weekend, they did the press conference with John Jones versus Alex, Alexander Gustafson. They did blanking on the female names. Oh, Cyborg and Amanda Nunez. Both really good press conferences. Cyborg and Amanda Nunez obviously doesn't, they respect each other. They don't like each other. Cyborg thinks Amanda's ducking her because they didn't fight earlier. What, whatever. I think this might be Cyborg's one of her last fights. I think she wants to go boxing or something. She's out of here. And then Jones Gustafson, you know, they both they both handled well. I thought Jones Jones came out pretty like serial killery, like asking questions. I thought Jones came off really, really good here. I, I You know, and um, it was entertaining. Then they shoved each other a little bit. Really looking for that fight. Jones looked to be in good shape. I mean, he always looks in good shape. He's got the body type, though, that, like, if you fall out of shape, you look really bad. I mean, you can type in Google and go, John Jones, out of shape. And there's a picture of him, I believe, in, like, a Walmart Target with just some fan. And he's wearing, um, like, a Nike uh, tank top or something. And he looks he looks in pretty bad shape. Doesn't look great. He's got that long, you know, skinny fat body when he's out of shape, and it just doesn't look good. He did look good. Dana White said that he didn't fight on MSG because he he wasn't in shape. He looked good. I don't know how good a fight shape he's in, but he looked good. Um, that's a fight I'm looking forward to. I, I love the first one. I mean, that was my you know <clears throat> one of my top five light heavyweight fights of all time. So that's good. And then after before I bring this up, uh, uh, a, f- a friend of mine who listens to this podcast, and he's going to know who I'm talking about, he texted me after the fight and said, DC, go. It's hard to argue. Daniel Cormier is not the GOAT. He's undefeated heavyweight. You know, he's he's only has really two losses in MMA. I know one got taken away. Now it's John Jones. John Jones is only 30 years old. John Jones has two wins over DC. If they fight a third time, John Jones will win. 
I can't put DC over John Jones as a goat. I know John Jones fucks up. I know he's probably doing coke right now. I know he's probably banged fucking every stripper in Albuquerque. I'm sure, you know, he's the Walter White of fucking Albuquerque right now. But he he's the best fighter that's ever walked right now. Hands down. DC, close second. You can't take those two losses back, even if he was on steroids or not. DC, and then I still like Anderson Silva, or uh, John Jones. I still like Anderson Silva. I know Anderson Silva. DC has beaten Anderson Silva, and Anderson Silva obviously has fallen off, and he's got the steroid thing too. What he did was so impressive that it's really hard for me to walk away from that ever. I know a lot of people said he never fought anybody. He didn't do that. I mean, he fought Rich Franklin. He fought Neymar. I know these guys aren't fighting now. They're not big names now, but they were back then. You know, Yushin Okami was a tough out. Talos Latis was a tough out. Damian Maia, who is a tough out now, was a tough out. And, um, you know, he fought these guys and, you know, and jumped up and fought at 205. And, and listen, what he did was so impressive and so revolutionary. I can't look past it. DC is definitely in the conversation. But yeah, to me, you can't put DC over John Jones because of they fought twice and John Jones has beat him twice. First fight. Not really that close. Competitive first round. Jones took over. Second fight, really close. I'd say even DC was stalking him. DC looked confident and just got caught a, caught a kick. Third fight could be different. DC could change his whole legacy if that fight a third time. Neither of them seem, interest, seem interested in it. But what DC has done is super impressive. He started MMA late. Everyone likes him besides John Jones. Everyone that comes across him loves him. He's started his career at heavyweight, undefeated heavyweight, 15 and a heavyweight, went to light heavyweight. Um, lost to John Jones twice, and they took one away. Had a pretty tough go without Alexander Gustafson. Got cracked by Anthony Johnson a few times, but other than that, you know, besides Jones and Gustafson, no one's really ever, you know, touched him. Um, and so he's definitely in the conversation. I want to bring that up. I didn't have that written down, but I want to bring that up. All right. So after that press conference, what, what other news is there, Brian? Good, good question. Yes. Ben Askren, superstar. Ben Askren is what, is what his new nickname should be. People love this guy. Listen, he's electric on Twitter. I agree. Robbie Fox is already on the train. I'm sure Robbie Fox, if Ben Askren ever goes to court, which I don't think is going to happen because he says frickin' and gosh darn it, he doesn't cuss. I don't think he's going to be going to court. If he does, however, Robbie Fox will be there with a sign. Like, this is Robbie Fox's guy now. I'm questioning if Robbie, and if Robbie Fox from Barstool, if you don't know, um, now you know. I'm questioning if Robbie Fox has even ever seen Ben Askren fight, if I'm being completely honest with you. I don't think Robbie Fox was maybe following Ben Askren up until maybe a couple weeks ago. Um, he might not even know who he was, um, if I'm being completely honest with you. Definitely never seen him fight. I'll bet, I'll bet my fucking everything that's on my desk right now, which is two, three hundred dollars. I'll bet you anything that. Robbie Fox has never seen a full Ben Askren fight live. Maybe he's obviously YouTubed it, but he's never seen him fight live. I guarantee it. Um, but Ben Askren, you know, he's he's the new guy. He's a new it boy. Everyone loves him. He was at the UFC this weekend. He sat cage side, got some air time, got some screen time. The UFC released this little cool video where they screen, you know, they recorded the screen following him. Dana apparently follows him now. Dana says, I had no idea I was blocked. Or I had no idea I blocked him. Yeah, right, Dana. Uh, good fucking story, bro. Uh, uh, listen. I like Ben Askren, okay? I've, I've questioned Ben Askren. I've already I've already talked about how I, I've went after Ben Askren a few times on, on Twitter about uh, maybe his level of competition. People who are, are Ben Askren fans right now, he's getting a lot of followers. You know, maybe not Derek Lewis level, but he's getting a lot of eyeballs on him. I don't know if they're really prepared to see what his skills are. He's really good at one thing, and that one thing is what people boo at. 
He's a really, really good wrestler. He's not going to take you down and submit you. He's not going to take you down and, you know, do some fancy, heavy ground and pound and, and put you out. He's going to take you down over and over again until you get tired. Then he's getting on top of you, and then he's going to lay some punches on you and then eventually get the fight stopped. He does have some submissions. His ground and pound has gotten better, but he's not the most exciting guy in the world. He's better on Twitter. He He's almost like... Chael. Chael's not the most exciting guy in the world, but he's really good on the mic. Ben Ashkin's like that. I can see Ben Ashkin being that. I can, you know, and um, I'm just as a warning, you know, this is the warning alarm going off. Um, just be careful. Just be careful like in Ben Ashkin. Speaking of Ben Ashkin, he has signed to fight Robbie Lawler. This is according to sources, my sources, which are Er Hawani who has sources. Um, He's yeah, he's supposed to fight Robbie Lawler in January, I think, maybe on one of those ESPN cards. Not sure if it's the live card or the plus card. Um good fight for Ben Askin. The only guy he didn't call out he gets tough fight for Ben Askin. Listen, Robbie Lawler doesn't have the best takedown defense, but he he has great uppercuts. He has big, big power. I, I you know, this is a real test for Ben Askin. If he gets past Robbie Lawler with no fucking problem. It, then I'm going to be all on the Ben Askren train, but I'm, I'm hesitant right now. I'm not choo-chooing yet, okay? I'm not riding captain's seat. I'm, I'm riding the back, you know, kind of peeking over the paper, you know, like what's going on up there? Well, should, I, should I go up there? No, I'm not there yet, okay? Because I don't I don't think he's the, the most electric guy in the world. But good fight, good matchmaking there. And then uh, uh, an odd news, I uh, you know, uh, Floyd Mayweather has some kind of deal with Japan businessmen. I don't know. There's a lot of money getting getting thrown around in Japan nowadays. There probably always has been. He was in Japan months ago, and that's where he announced the he's going to fight Pacquiao again. I think Pacquiao was there too. This time, he announced he's fighting in Risen MMA, and everyone was like, what? You know, everyone's reporting this is kind of late night. They threw a press conference together. He's fighting Tetsun Kanawa, who's a former kickboxer, 27-0 kickboxer, 4-0 MMA, blonde hair, look boy band looking motherfucker. They had a press conference. They posed for pictures inside and outside. Floyd took some pictures with the gloves on. And everyone's like, no one knew the rule set. No one knew what exactly was going to was gonna happen. Um, everyone had a lot of questions. Floyd f- today landed or whatever, woke up in America and said, hello, posted on his Instagram. He didn't post this because every word was spelled right. Someone in his camp posted this and said, um, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically I never agreed to fight this guy. There was an agreement put in place for him and I to do an exhibition for wealthy Japanese men. So basically he was hired by a wealthy Japanese guy to do an exhibition with this guy without cameras, without anything, nothing going to be publicized. He showed up and walked into a press conference and was bamboozled. And he said him and his team should have put a stop to it. Yeah, fucking right. You're the same guy that has had a problem with every single person he fought. Canelo Alvarez was the weight problem. Canelo Alvarez basically had to kill himself to fight you. Conor McGregor, when you fought Conor McGregor, had to be horsehair, had to be some kind of gloves. When you fought Marcus Madonna the first time, you didn't want him to wear his Everlast gloves. You put him in the same gloves you had. Or no, he went he went different Everlast gloves. You run the show. You're the A side. You've told people I'm the A side. I'll walk when I walk. This is a Mayweather show. You mean to tell me you show up and you get bamboozled into a press conference and you go, this wasn't what I was fucking told. See ya. 
Yeah, right, dude. You're you're doing it for for uh, bullshit. You know, sound the bullshit alarms because this guy's trying to stay relevant. He's you know just coming off the 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 Connor fight. Hasn't fought anybody else a month ago. He's fighting Pacquiao. That got some people chirping. Oh, I'm gonna fight next time. I'm fighting in uh, after the McGregor fight. It was I'm gonna fight MMA and then the Pacquiao and then I'm now I'm doing this and this wasn't supposed to be televised. It's like you're so full of shit, dude. Like Floyd, you're losing so much respect for me right now. I love you. You're one of my all time favorite boxers. I think you're one of the best boxers of all time but just stop you're never gonna fight mma you never should fight mma i obviously would watch it even if it's a weird skill set where you like box for a minute then can only wrestle for the other minute i don't know i don't create these rules but just just cut it out cut it out with the shenanigans i'm tired of this you got i am hoping you have some kind of money left because the only reason you're doing this you don't have money left i know you want to make money more money is more money, more money, more money, more problems. But I mean, you're like what you made like 300 million on the McGregor fight, which was two years ago. I'm hoping you still have that, buddy. I'm hoping you're paying your taxes. Oh, geez, Floyd. That's all. That's it. But last little, last little thing here before we get to a couple of things. RIP flyweight division. Uh, some of the some of the flyweights that are coming off losses have, have gotten their walking papers. People predicted this with Demetrius going over to One FC that this might happen. It is happening, boys. It, it, it is uh, nothing is super official by the UFC yet. They've actually denied it. But Jose Torres, who is coming off a loss, who is one and one in the UFC, maybe even two and one, but he's coming off a loss, a knockout loss. Just posted on flowcombat.com that he is, in fact, cut from the UFC. They've told him that they're doing away with the flyweight division. I don't know if they gave him an option to move up. I don't know if he wants to move up. I don't know. You know, this is just sending more guys to 1FC to fight, you know, Demetrius or sending guys elsewhere. I think maybe, you know, might not be such a bad idea to maybe keep these guys around, maybe put them on fight pass. It's a shame. I, you know, I love watching Demetrius fight. I wasn't a huge, if I'm being completely honest, I wasn't the biggest fan of 125. I think the fights were really, really good. I thought, I thought some of the fighter, I mean, all the fighters were fantastic. They, the skill level was through the roof. They didn't sell well. They, you know, it, um, besides Demetrius, I didn't really, I wasn't that excited. I mean, Joseph Benavides is great. Sergio Pettis was good. It was a thin division. And besides Demetrius and besides the handful, I mean, Demetrius can't fight Joseph Benavides 10 times. He can't fight Henry Cerudo every weekend. He can't fight John Thompson. You know, guys got to move up. I think that, uh, I think that is, is kind of a smart thing. I mean, why have a division where it's not selling? You have a champion where you got to put on pay per view, you got to put on fight nights, and it's just not selling. Um, I don't think Henry Cerudo would have sold more than Demetrius. Um, with him being the champ, I think it's smart for, for Henry to see them move up. Kind of sucks that he just became champion and now they're kind of taking the belt away from him. I don't know if Henry Cejudo wins the 135-pound title. I, I don't know. You know, he's sh- a shorter guy, but I don't need great wrestling. I'm, I'm not sure, but I kind of agree with it. You know, I'm going to sad to see it go. I'm sure in maybe a year, maybe six months, I'll, I'll change my tune a little bit because of um, <clears throat> just nostalgic reasons. But I think it was the right move. I mean, if you're not selling, if you're not, you know, it, you know, it is what it is. I mean, there's already 125 women's pounds division. I don't. I don't know. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna second guess the UFC like everyone else does. I think they know what they're doing. I think there's probably market research in there. They made the trade. They they lost their arguably their best 125er. You know, obviously Henry Cejudo thinks different. What are you gonna do? You know, what are you gonna do? So, uh, I kind of agree with it. And then uh, let's jump into some segments here. 
Let's jump into some segments. First segment is going to be, it's that time of the year. It is fighter of the year debate season. Everyone's got their list. Of course, I got top, my top five list. Obviously, the front runner is DC. You can't argue that. Beat Stipe, defended the belt, coming off a pretty bad year the year before we're losing to Jones. DC is obviously number one. Take away with it. Israel Adesanya is number two. Four fights this year. Looked great. Kind of took the world by storm. Great personality. Great style. Brian Ortega's got to make that list. Brian Ortega could finish the year as a champion over Max Holloway, who I thought maybe was the fighter of the year last year. Khabib's got to be on that list. Khabib beat Connor. Khabib, you know, kind of lit the world on fire a little bit this year. Really put his name out there. Put a stamp on things. Did everything he said he was going to do. And kind of did it his own way. And I'm going to throw a dark horse your way. Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker doesn't get a lot of talk. A lot of people don't want to talk about him. A lot of people don't want to fight him at 155. Um, but this guy is the real deal. Listen, he's got all finishes. When you finish Jim Miller that way, you, you're quickly on the rise. You finish Gilbert Burns, who's another tough guy. You know, Dan Hooker, I think, is he's not going to win it. He's not going to be on anybody's final ballots. But this guy is the real deal. I think I think next year he's going to get a title shot. I think he's got he, he's got one more win. Um, I think I don't know if he's matched up with anybody right now. I think he probably is. But they just announced Paul Felder, James Vick. Winner of that should fight Hooker because Hooker even called out Felder. I think that's a great matchup. I think there's a lot of potential at 155 for for Dan Hooker, and I think he's had such a really, really great year. Past two years, but this year more in particular, I think he really jumped out. Training partners Israel Asanya, I think that uh, that helps too. Last little segment we're going to do here. I got a message, and I love getting messages from people because, you know, like when I record this, realistically, you don't think the only people I think listening is like my mom who doesn't, my mom thinks I'm on the radio and my friends. But I actually have some listeners out there, and, and a lot of them don't communicate with me um, all that much. However, I did get an email, and it was in very broken English. I'm not sure what country this gentleman or, or lady was from. I don't know if they signed their name on it. Um, let me see. Okay, so yeah, it was it's a gentleman. They decided they decided their name. I'm not gonna say the guy's name, but it was a gentleman. Uh, very broken English. However, this gentleman, this this person told me that I was a little too hard on I'm paraphrasing, a little too hard on Bellator. Bellator is is just as good as UFC. I don't cover Bellator enough, and I've and I've and I've basically uh, not said so many great things about some of the Bellator champions. Now, a guy like me, I take everything. You know, that's good criticism, right? If I don't talk about Bellator enough, tell me. I love it. I love the feedback. However, I'm going to stand by my take because I don't think let's let this what I have planned right here. We're going to compare the Bellator champions versus the UFC champions, the the weight matches that that match up, and we're going to see which one is better and who's overall better, right? Who would win in a fight? Who would win if they fought? So, right now, Bellator doesn't have a heavyweight champion. Their last heavyweight champion was from 2013, Vitaly Monikov, whoever the fuck that is. He beat Czech Congo. Big fucking whoop. They have, obviously, a heavyweight tournament going on right now. The finals are Fedor versus Ryan Bader. If Ryan Bader wins, he's already the two or five-pound champion, similar to what we got in the UFC. So let's go there. We can do we can do two weight divisions at the same time. DC versus Ryan Bader. Champ, champ versus champ, champ. Who wins? 
I've said this before, without fucking question, DC wins. DC is the superior fighter. Brian Bader was supposed to fight DC in the UFC. Guess what? Never made it there. I know he opted out. I know he won his last fight in his contract, opted out, and, and, and decided to sign with Bellator. I'm not sure if the UFC matched him or not, and he chose the Bellator. They might have not matched him. Ryan Bader has looked good in, in Bellator, but he's also looked good with the competition that he's fighting, right? Phil Davis beat Liam McGeary pretty easily. And then, but, um, you know, Liam McGeary had his biggest win was over Tito Ortiz. Emmanuel Newton was their champion for a while. Emmanuel Newton, like, his biggest win was Mo King Mo. 205 is not the strongest suit, but Ryan Bader versus DC. DC finishes in with one. I think Ryan Bader's chinny. I think he can get him out of one, if I'm being honest with you. So UFC won right there. UFC won. Middleweight champion, you got Gagar Musazi, right? Former, former UFC fighter. Very good UFC fighter. Had several fights in the UFC. Completely destroyed his last fight. Destroyed Rory McDonald. He'd end up beating uh, Rafael Carvalho for the title in the UFC and he would fight Robert Whitaker. Nah, you know, this is up for debate because of the fact that, you know, Whitaker is, I think maybe not the strongest champion on paper, but he, he it just wins. Right. And Gagar, uh, you know, I don't know. You know what? To, to, to be unbiased, I would say Gagar will beat Robert Whitaker, right? Gagar lost in the UFC. He he couldn't get past a certain a, a certain few guys. He was the one that decided to opt out and go somewhere else. I know that for a fact. He's probably get paid a ton of money. Just destroyed Rory McDonald. Has looked fantastic in the in, in Bellator. I'm gonna give that one to Bellator. So it's one one now. Okay, we're one one. Let me get a pen. Let me write this down. Let me let me let me take this fucking seriously. So we're one one. Next up, welterweight championship. You got Roy McDonald versus Tyron Woodley. Here we go again because Roy McDonald has a win over Tyron Woodley, a pretty lack of physical performance by Tyron Woodley. But if you're gonna sit there and you think that Tyron Woodley is the same Tyron Woodley that is fighting now, you're crazy. Tyron Woodley's been on a crazy. Roll Roy McDonald just got smoked by Gegard. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to flame me on this. I think Tyron wins that fight again. I think if they rematch, Tyron wins. I'm not confident saying that. Yeah, I'm going to stick with it. Fuck it. I'm sticking with it. Lightweight Brett Primus versus Khabib. Let's not even fucking go there. Even the, the real lightweight champions, Michael Chandler, when they fight Brett Primus again. Michael Chandler versus Khabib. Let's not even, let's not even fucking bring it up. 145, Max Holloway versus Patricky Free. Patricky People. Not even close. Holloway destroys him. USC's up 4-1 right now. Uh, Holloway destroys him, as does Ortega if Ortega wins. Bantamweight championship, Darian Caldwell, great, great fighter. I think he trained. No, he trains with Dominic Cruz. Darian Caldwell trains with Dominic Cruz. He's not. He's not touching TJ Dillashaw. He's not touching Dominic Cruz. He's not touching Cody Garbrandt. Very, very good fighter. Very young fighter for the division. But that's UFC. So that's five visions. The one I gave UFC one. You know what? To be to be since Rory McDonald has a win over Tyron Woodley, I'll give Bellator that one. So it's four two, UFC. So. Mr. Uh, I'm not, again, I'm not going to say her name. I almost said his name. Mr. Mr. Man, Mr. Uh, from a different country than me and, and, and types English. I don't know if he used a program or what or spoken to something, but I appreciate the feedback. I appreciate you coming at me. I appreciate you saying that. However, 
they do not compare Bellator champions to UFC champions. It's, it's a different product. It's a different level. There's levels to this. I think there's some tremendous fighters in Bellator. I just don't think any of them happen to be their champions. I think maybe uh, Gago Mersazi would do really well over here. Roy McDonald would be interesting. Um, I'm not interested in seeing a Ryan Bader champ, champ versus champ, champ. Just not interested in it. Uh, I love some of the younger guys. I've talked about Aaron Pico, AJ McKee. They got some really young talent over there that I'm interested in. All right, let's wrap this up. This has run way too long. Let's go with top five, huh? What do you say, huh? For all time's sake, top five. I'm going, I was going to go top five teammate fights. I think I've done that before. I, I need to catalog this because I'm probably, you probably are like, hey, asshole, you've done that top five 20 times already. I'm going to go top five Donald Cerrone performances. He's fighting Saturday. He's not in the main event. He's fighting in Denver, Colorado. It's the 25th anniversary of the USC. He's fighting Mike Perry. If you don't know the story, Donald Cerrone left uh, Winkle John and Jackson's. Mike Perry is now training there. It was amicable for a little bit. Now it's some bad blood. Um, I know there's bad blood in the camps. You know, I think there's a little heat between Perry and Cerrone. Cerrone's the underdog. He's a plus 180. Um, I don't know if I love that line or hate that line. A lot of money's coming on Mike Perry, big, powerful guy. However, Cowboys, a, you know, he's a legend in the game. We got to go his, his top five performances. Number five, my first fight, fight time ever. First time ever seeing Cowboy Cerrone fights. He was on a tap out reality show. I remember seeing that. But his 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 big coming out party to me was in the WC against Razor Al McCullough. McCullough was like the man in the WC. Great striker, great Muay Thai guy. It was like banging porn stars. I mean, this dude, good looking dude. Cerrone came in this real skinny bean pole, and uh, it was an, it was an incredible fight. I, one of my all time favorite fights of all time. Uh, I I just love the action. They both were getting dropped. It was Cowboy won by decision. It was a really big coming out party for Cowboy Cerrone. He showed a lot of heart in that fight and uh, beat a legend. Not maybe not a legend, but beat a a veteran, a guy who who wasn't getting fucked with in WC at the time. So that was uh, that was a really cool fight and and my first Cowboy fight. So uh, number four is gonna be Melvin Gillard. Former teammate of his, I believe they they get Melvin bounce around a lot, so I'm not exactly sure if they stayed in the gym. They just had different times, uh, it, it, you know, real amicable, amicable. I said it like four times. I think I've said it different every time. Uh, you know, they hugged it up and everything like that. Melvin had huge power at the time. Uh, I believe Melvin caught Donald with something to the body or the head and and looked like he was going to finish Donald. And the Donald landed a, a beautiful head kick, wobbled Melvin and put him with the left hand. Really good fight. Really good performance by Donald Cerrone. Um, these aren't fight of the nights. These are just performances, by the way. Number three is Adrian Martins, a guy who's really underrated. I don't believe he's in the UFC anymore, but the guy's got a great record. I know he's done some damage outside the UFC. Really, really talented guy. Cerrone went in there. I think he probably, this is one of those fights where he took on short notice, just said, fuck it, I'll fight, whatever. And landed one of the most beautiful head kicks, maybe top three, top two, top one. Head kicks I've ever seen him live ever. It was it was incredible. The head kick was perfect technique. Shin the forehead, put him out, fell asleep before he even hit the mat. Insane knockout. If you have not seen that, you have to go look that up. Number two says Matt Brown. I know this is surprising. Matt Brown is a tough out. Matt Brown was as tough as they come. 
uh, you know, this is when Donald Cerrone was up at 70. You know, he's at new, a newer weight class. I know he had been winning at 70, but Matt Brown was a different dog. You know, Matt Brown put it to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and gave uh, Wonderboy one of his early losses. A grinder, in-your-face kind of guy. I think he had a mohawk for this fight. Like, he's not fucking around. Pretty sure he had fucking dip in when they were fighting. You know, this dude doesn't, you know, he, he's not fucking around, right? You know, it's chest hair. You got the immoral tattooed on his fucking belly. Um... And I thought Cerrone handled that really well. It was a pretty even fight going in, and then Cerrone hurt him at the end of the second round or in the first round. I can't remember exactly how it ended, but it ended with a knockout head kick by Cerrone. I believe the first time Matt Brown's been knocked out, at least in the UFC, it was it was a really really good performance by Cerrone. He uh, definitely handled that that one seventy test well, and another one seventy test that he handled even. Oh, my dog's barking. Uh I'm going to power through. I'm going to power through. I'm not going to yell at him right now. But Rick Story, that combination to finish Rick Story is one of the, the thing of beauty. That's the cowboy that needs to come back, that needs to put everything together. Head movement with punches, the kicks, the body kicks, the just everything. That was, I mean, literally, like, I, I want to have that as a, a gift on my phone. Like, if, if your phone lock screen could be a GIF or a video, that's what it would be. I just want to watch that all day long. So beautiful. I love a good finish combination. Doesn't happen enough in the UFC. Conor McGregor had a good one, but this one is is all time top five. Number one, if you if you can do better, Mister uh, Mister Guy who emailed me, email me and tell me what what was better. I love to know, but there's nothing out there. That's the show. I'm going to have one out Friday for the Pickums this Saturday. Going over the card now. Uh, I know Joe B just fell off. I, I really like Joe B in that fight because he was even. But we will get all into that on Friday. Thanks for listening.